Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Sons Podcast. I am your host for this week, <laughs> Matt. I, I was about to say Matt Vigil. I never say Matt Vigil, do I? I, I this doesn't sound right. Sounds like I'm using a stage name and I'm on stage dancing. I just hear Matt Visual. Like like whether or not you say it, I'm gonna hear it in my head. I'm here I'm here with George. Hello. George Weedman. I will hallucinate me hearing you saying Matt. visual. <laughs> Matt Visual. I, I've being called that, you know, while you're like out and about is quite interesting. Like, oh Matt Visual. I'm like it's like, wait a minute, what? What the the world that I've created in inside my my room is uh, outside. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's part of the same world. I think. I think uh, over the past ten years, like as the next generation of kids behind us grew up on the internet, the world really, really did collide between the IRL and 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 the cyberspace. Meet space and cyberspace are are the same we, we can't deny it anymore like when you go online and put a pseudonym on you're you're still the same person you were before you're just typing under a pseudonym yeah uh we, we don't have a liam today by the we way we don't have a liam today you, you don't hear any giggles in the back or <sighs> no sweet japan um uk accent going on no no arguing over whether or not smash is a fighting game yeah that that fool <laughs> that fool <laughs> He's gonna. He always tends to listen to the beginning of this, so I always gotta mess with him. But you know, you know, this week there was that Nintendo Direct last week where he got really excited that Sakurai also had like some doubts over whether or not it was a traditional fighting game. But pff, come on, if you go out on the street. And just like ask any random grandma, hey grandma, is Smash Brothers a fighting game? She's gonna be like, oh hell yeah, we're gonna throw down over this, son. Yeah, Smash is a fighting game. Smash is definitely a fighting game, and I don't know about you, Matt, but I also think I prefer the feel and the gravity of Smash 4 over Smash Ultimate. Really? I don't. I think I like Smash Ultimate actually. I mean, I, I think I was better at four. For sure. I was too, definitely. But, I was definitely yeah. better at four. <laughs> I was definitely better at four, but and, Ultimate and I like. I, I, I like Ultimate, but you know, after after like a few days of just getting completely pummeled by, by Liam, I just... Yeah. Anyways, I bring that up because I packed up my Wii U uh, last, last um, days ago. Last days, yes. There were multiple days in which I cleaned up my living room. And I packed up my Wii U during those days. And Did you have a burial? No, I was surprised by how not sad I was to see it go. I... <laughs> right? Right? Because by now, most of the games have been ported to the Switch, or at least are heavily likely to get ported to the Switch. And I think the last one really holding me over was um, Wonderful 101. And now there's at least heavily suggestive rumors that... that that's at least going to be happening if not. But um, yeah, besides Smash 4 for Wii U, I don't know what else I would ever dig it up and want to play again that I could not play elsewhere. Yeah, I I can't think of anything either at all. Okay, yeah, it's still in rumor stage. It's that Platinum has released statements saying they want to port it to the Switch. But honestly, these days, that probably means it's going to get ported to the Switch within... Within a year. our lifetimes. Yeah. I don't know about a year, but I, th I, th I feel like we've entered into a phase of 
there being enough money circulating around the game industry that heavily suggestive rumors basically mean it's going to happen at some point before the end of your lifetime. I mean, they're about to make a System Shock 3. They're about to make a sequel to a game from 1999. Sure, it's been 20 years, but that's still within a lifetime. And that's a rumor that no one would have believed on the playgrounds back in those days. <laughs> the playgrounds. Oh, man. But... It reminds me of, uh, I was like, what, what do we have as adult playgrounds nowadays? Adult and, playgrounds? Yeah, okay. it sounds like sounds like you're talking about a, a okay. brothel or something. <laughs> yeah, adult playgrounds. I feel like I visited Where a few of those in The Witcher. We talk about video games. We don't have that anymore as adults. Video games? Yeah, you know, it's like online. It's like we put on VR headsets and we... We chat in, in VR chat or something like that. And I haven't I haven't been on there in forever, but that's You mean you don't like drive the truck down to your local sports bar and and, and talk about the game with the boys? Yeah, the game. <laughs> the game? Dude, did you see that pass? I have no idea what's going on. I have no gonna, idea what's going on. They're Soccer, they're chumming football, their father. All that is just like so what? They're they're passing their chummed father over to Jared, Derek Jeter's fat face. <laughs> Do you remember that Bojack arc? Uh, no. When Derek when Diane goes to see her extended family and everyone's just wearing a shirt that says sports on yeah, it, and they yeah. just like speak this indecipherable language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely identify with 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 that moment. So you've reached season five. Of Bojack, I don't think I'm you've reached season, through it. reached season five of anything in a while. But I did reach season five of Bojack, and I did it like completely unprompted. No one on the podcast, actually, no, that's not true. You guys said I would really like it, and I ended up really liking it. <sighs> but I didn't necessarily like schedule it out as something to do for the podcast or the channel or anything like that. So much as I just felt strangely compelled by. By all of these characters who I don't want to be when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just stay away from anything Bojack-like. It's really scary and sad, but also kind of wholesome and cute. Mm -hmm. It's such an interesting mix of, of those two elements of life that end up making it feel like such a more honest representation of life than what you usually get out of TV. Yeah. Even though it's it's also about celebrities who are just completely isolated from the rest of us in in terms of how how they see and live life. The writing is too good. It's way too good. Way too good. Scary good. <laughs> for for like, you know, an animal show, a cartoon adult animal show, like it's way too good. You you sit there and you're like, This is like the third season. But for some reason, I still enjoy it as much as I was watching like the first or second season, and then the fourth season, the same thing. Season, I was told thing. that the first season was kind of hard to get through, but I did not feel that at all. Oh. I got through it at a pretty. It, it's it's more like you have to get used to the humor. You got to understand the characters, you know. And maybe it's because I got into it a few years behind, but it does seem like BoJack humor is tuned to twitter humor in a way mm. like a lot of princess caroline's jokes are just clever wordplay and and like she'll just hammer that almost poetic uh uh series of of mad-libbed gags and alliterations and puns that just come at you with like twitter density levels 
whenever whenever Bojack himself is is going through titular depressive episodes, it feels like it's tuned in to how much uh, the the kids and the Zoomers love to tweet about their mental health problems. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but mm-hmm. that that's what the kids are into these days are mental health problems. That's that's the latest hype of shit on the playground, I guess. <laughs> oh my god, the hype of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I I I want you to finish it and see what you think. I want you to finish it and see what you see cuz you're almost done with season 5, right? Almost done with season 5. This show has gone through characters that I feel terrifyingly represent like like elements of my psyche I relate to. Yeah. That that I want to steer away from. Where you, you like see Bojack is in, in certain characters that are terrible. I'm a, like, I'm oh, terrified of how yeah. much I see of myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, perfect deadpan humor. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I would like it that much, and then uh, I just kind of got into it and then could not stop. I could not stop watching that show. Yeah, I I like when it works out when you watch uh, a show and you binge it, and then the last season comes out. Was it that right, right there when you finished the last, um, the second to last season? You're like, yes, a new season, and it's Netflix too, so the whole series comes out. But yeah, yeah, man, so, Bojack, man, I'm glad you like it. That's I don't think you finished anything else. At least you finished a cartoon. I finished like, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I didn't even finish that. <laughs> I think I watched yeah, that episode. Don't poop on me too hard. <laughs> I should I should try to watch that. I should try. I've been playing too much uh, Path of Exile lately. <laughs> Still, my... Again, I get look look. They have leagues, okay? It's, you know everything changes every league, and you feel like you know dipping your toe in there. That's like the only game that I have like that. Like everyone has their game. You ha- you have uh you have your what's that shooting game? I I think I'm bit between games right now these days. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Don't, like you don't I play uh, Siege all the time anymore. I used to play Siege all the time, and then I used to play Ass's Odyssey all the time. And right now, I think I'm between those games. Like I, I haven't loaded up um, either of them in a while. I'm, I'm going through Disco Elysium apparently too slowly, but I might just be focusing too much on, on cleaning my apartment out and packing up my old video game consoles. Oh, I did that before moving. I wonder what I kept. I know I sold a lot of. The, I know I sold my Wii U. And my 3DS. How'd you uh, sell it? Which app did I use? I think I used... Oh, there's an app for that? George, how old are you? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, offer up, and then there's another one. It's called something. I am 18 years old. <laughs> we had a birthday party for a friend last night. And he is definitely not 18, but his cake did say 18. <laughs> 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 um, I was like... It came out, I was like, 18? <laughs> Everyone's looking at me like, what? I'm like, no, there's no way. He's not eight. Like, he's far from 18. Well, I'm 18. He's far. Yeah. Oh, you. Wow. Wow. You uh, you have aged well. <laughs> Which, like, let's see if we did the math would technically mean that I started the YouTube channel when I was 11. But that's true, too. One thing that I just, like, feel like I have to say this about BoJack to somebody. You might think I'm a dorky grandma for it. But... I feel like this is the only quote-unquote adult cartoon 
that if the kids accidentally found themselves watching, it would not scare them for life or or like horrifically feature some sort of, of, of imagery revealing the the true goopy nature of the animal humans and killing the childlike wonder of, of of the magic of childhood for them because nothing really visually terrifying happens in bojack it's all in the words they say yeah. and if the kids don't know what those words mean they're not gonna get as like depressed and terrified of it as we as adults will how would they even <laughs> understand the show like that like how you say kids what are, you, what are you calling kids? You're talking about teens, hey, right? 11 and under. Oh, God. Yeah, so if mommy's watching it, probably not. Right, right. Like, if the mom is watching with, with the toddler on her hip, like, like the toddler's just going to see cute animals. The mom, on the other hand, is going to, like, get a dose of existential depression. Yes, yes. She's going to come away from watching this way, way worse than the kid is. <laughs> you see the kids start growing gray hairs <laughs> and the kid like pulls out a cigarette and takes a sip of coffee oh. dark bags under their eyes <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah yeah that will do it yeah. to you that's that's what bojack should get rated for it's not rated for violence or sexuality it's rated for like 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 the decay it does to your brain rather than yeah than, than your body my god my god i gotta watch that last movie and then do you remember a character named i, I think it was styles mcvicker flip mcvicker flip mcvicker Who's flip? he is a writer of a very pretentious detective drama named philbert who has episodes <laughs> yes. of writer's block where he just freaks out and has panic attacks in a room by himself while getting nothing done. Oh, I don't want to be that, but I yeah. feel like I I might be that. It's a scary show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Oh my god, and he always talks like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know how I always do like the vocal fry, uh, kind of deadpan, monotonous, uh, up and down, rubbery vocal fry. I guess that's how you can describe it. If you like deadpan humor, um, Bojack would be your horse. <clears throat> so, all right, so. Let's move on from Bojack. So, all right, Disco Elysium. You say you're on day two. I'm on day you two. You spent already 25 hours. How well, I restarted the game. Why would you restart the game? Why would you do such a thing? Because I found a lady who gives you your hostel money, and I wanted to put all my points into asking her for money, and that's how I'm going to live. <laughs> okay, okay, so, like. <laughs> can i tell you what I, happens then when you don't yeah have money? yeah you can spoil because because i i might not see it for a while and it sounds like a good joke and this game's full of good jokes oh it's <laughs> oh my god there's so so much in that game god it's hard it's hard not to like that game maybe even love um <laughs> it, when wow. you don't have the money all right so this is like the first day and you're getting to know Kim, right, throughout this whole day, right? Especially if you're playing, you're playing the game and you're not just, like, running around doing nothing. Um, you're getting to know Kim. And by the end of it, he's like, oh, you know, it's getting late. We should probably, you know, go back to the hotel. And you're like, I don't, I don't have any money. <laughs> I don't have any money. He said, come on, you're a police officer. <gasps> Yeah, oh. so we go, we go and talk to to 
Oh, uh, whatever the guy's name, the cafeteria manager, mm-hmm. Rita, Greet, what, what's his name? I, I don't know. Cafeteria manager. Cafeteria I know who manager. you're talking about. Um, I'm. It's funny. I remember all the characters, but I don't remember names. Um, so like, uh, he's like, he's like, where's the money? Like you ruined because you ruined the room, right? When you wake right. up, and he and uh, Kim, Kim was like, come on, he's a police officer. You should, you know, give him like you know, at least a day to sleep in, whatever, and he can give you the money, whatever, when it comes in, blah, blah. And then, because uh, he's trying to do, like, the forceful authority route, and it didn't work on, <laughs> on the cafeteria. And he's like, no, <laughs> you you broke a window. You trashed that room. There's no freaking way. Pay the, you know, 130 real and blah, blah, blah. So Kim was like, all right, I might have an idea. So he takes you to the car, and... Kim stole some spinning wheels <laughs> from some <laughs> diplomat. Okay. What? Yeah. Kim? Kim, some the, young the straight man? Some young rich kid. And he hadn't had the opportunity to put it in on his on his uh he loves his car. Um his police car. But he was like, oh, you know, that would be stupid. You know, putting rims on your, your your police car, whatever, and you can make jokes, of course, because like this is the game. Like you can actually make jokes with him and stuff yeah. like that. And of course, I'm like joking most of the, the time. Joke RPG. Yeah, Kim knows me as some type of wild card, but gets results. Like that. That was like my character to him. <laughs> yeah, like I used to say the weirdest things to people. Like I spoke to the dead man. <laughs> like it's just oh my god, I love which that you game. can do. I, I I don't know what skill I had, but when I replayed the game, my character started talking to the dead guy. Yeah, it's it's different depending on what skills how, how high your your skill level is for for certain things. Like Inland Empire has a lot of good dialogue in it, but if you don't have a bunch in it, you're not gonna see it a lot. Uh, I had I had high intelligence, you just so know. I had like I could. I had like a the the mind palace for Sherlock. I see everything that would would happen in a scene. You know, it was it was dope. Um but uh yeah, so we go to the pawn shop. I didn't want to do it, but you had to. Like you you literally had to to sleep in. So we pawn the spinners and um he gives you the 130 and you get to stay. It's the sweetest thing. You see this thing, yeah. And, like, he wanted... Through the dialogue, is crazy. You can feel like he wanted to do it for you. That it was, like, okay. Even though he didn't want to, but it was, like, okay. I was like, how you? How do you do that? I, like, I have to go back because I'm pretty sure it wasn't voice acted. But the way they word it, the writing was on point. On point. The only thing I don't like about that game is politics. I just can't get through some of that stuff, man. Okay, I I don't I, I'm definitely not gonna know as much about the politics as you are since you got through it. But what's is there any kind of spoiler-free way to to describe what you're feeling with with regards to that topic? Yeah, it's the same thing as last time. Very easy way to say is like there's just too much. To, it, it's like um no not not papers please. There was another game that was like this. Where it's just like so much dialogue on what's happening in the world. It's good for world building, but I just good thing you could kind of choose what you listen to because they ask you your opinion a lot on these fake things that could be <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. And 
they do yeah, give you option to kind of opt out of having that conversation and it's good because you're you're a cop and you're not supposed to have an opinion well that's also why i liked the replay is that this time i was able to know like what the hell a communard is yeah there's a lot of that yeah there's a, a lot, lot of jargon the political jargon is 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 thick it's thick it's not as bad as pillars okay so if well, people know me on the podcast i think i couldn't get through pillars because it was just so thick with just everything at least disco most of the time you can understand what's going on without knowing exactly everything about what's going on in the world like you know I, through context what's going on i i think the realism quote-unquote setting does a lot to help that out because it's the the fantasy jargon in pillars is thick and unwieldy but the political jargon in disco is something that like i kind of dig like like you know yeah. that i'm gonna live for that stuff anyway yeah. you're gonna like it because it's, it's it's not done it's done well and you would get it right away because you're <laughs> in the politics i am not I yeah am not. can I, I i i did die once so far in my in my playthroughs and it was when i ran out of morale and when you run out of morale, the game ends and it shows you a newspaper clipping of of your detective basically deciding to give up. And what my newspaper clipping said was, local cop gives up on detective genre for social realism. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the most bizarre, but also cleverly worded, cleverly written thing that I just like looked at that thing and laughed for a good straight two minutes and then suddenly realized, holy crap, that's kind of the game's genre is social realism. It's yeah. not fantasy. Like this is, this is a realistic alternate version of the world. I have yet to see any, any magic or monsters or whatnot, but the jargon is just like mad libbing real politics into this fictional world. And, you can even play that white guy who doesn't understand mm -hmm. what's racist and what's yeah, not. Yeah, that oh, – oh, this is going to be a fun story. Remember the Welcome to Ravenshall driver? Um, Him and Kim get in a fight. Uh, oh, he's okay. waiting yeah. on the street and he says, Welcome to Ravenshall. I was playing that next to next to a friend of mine. Right. Next to the stand, who was like, right? With all the, the magazines and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's standing in front of the convenience store. I was playing that in front of a friend of mine who was like, yeah, Kim, fuck him up. And I was kind of squinting, and I'm just like, wait a second, what's actually going here? And she looked at me and was like, he said, welcome to Ravichal. And I kind of shrugged and was like, yeah, so? Like, I didn't actually see the racism. Yeah. <laughs> that, that my character's dialogue choices were totally, like, accounting for that. Yeah. Someone else pointed it out, and it was still part of the game's like social world building i i i love that it's going that hard with it and that was just 10 minutes before you encounter the actual like fantasy stormfront guy who like yeah. who talks about measuring the sizes of the heads for the the samoyoyan occidentals or whatever word <laughs> they use in place for like real life race science bullshit yeah like it's it's just mad libbed from from reality, from 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 the scariest parts of reality. Oh man, I I really want you to get to the end if you if you ever beat it, and let me know what happens because it, it would probably be different for like because like during the end, the last few days you're making decisions 
that could like really affect a lot of things even though you're making decisions now that could affect a lot of things but like it's it's a little it's a little heavy at the end you know there's like a lot of things happening and all of a sudden you're like it's it's like point of no return like things are going yeah and i want to see what happens uh, in your playthrough um so I, I won't spoil mine uh but yeah it's a it's it's a very interesting game it yeah i i feel like for for disco i enjoyed the journey more than I enjoyed finishing it because by the end of it i felt like i just wanted like wanted to play a little bit more <laughs> how how long did it last you oh man i don't remember how long it lasted me man it, it i i played that over a month and i wow. you know i was just tip you know tack at it like just a little bit every now and then play a couple hours because it's a lot to get through it's a lot of it's a lot of like reading and i'd like to understand everything that's going on so i would like reread some of the politics stuff and um um maybe i'll like i i've reset one time be like okay you know i, I want things to go differently here and i'll go back <laughs> okay you know you could save anytime you want you know so it's like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard not to be like okay you know what i didn't really understand the question so that's not on me <laughs> i'm gonna reset Really think about uh, this real quick. <laughs> so, how long to beat.com logs its main story plus extras in at 27 hours? Really? You said it took you over a month, though, so that sounds like quite a low ball. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm probably slower than the, the, the average because I, I took my time. I did all the side quests. Like, I wanted to get everything done. I wanted to get everything. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I I took my time with Disco. Um, it, are there any real punishments for save scumming like that? Because I do that a lot too. Like I'll I'll no. So I'll I'll save and load for dice rolls. Even like if a dice roll is is has an even chance, yeah. I'll just save scum it till I win. Yeah. Oh, even chance. Like like you have. 95 percent and you miss the roll you're like oh no fuck that yeah no 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 I'll, <laughs> i have all these points you're gonna give I it wonder, to me though, for 95 percent <laughs> that hasn't happened yet but i wonder if i oh, will happened to me. <laughs> because like my my official policy is if the dice roll says you have an even chance which i think it gives you from like 42 to to 56 percentage or something then then i'll quick load it on the other hand if i get a bad roll on a high chance i might just like want to take the l you know and, and and do it because that would make it more interesting yeah i mean it, it's made the game is made for you to fail sometimes like things other you things happen so? when you fail i mean it is possible to die <laughs> as soon as you wake up and begin the game <laughs> yep oh my god that game it, it's it's like playing D D. if you get your character your your horrific bloated alcoholic drug addict character to do something too exciting and have a heart attack you just die <laughs> have you have you been taking drugs um during the first playthrough i did during the second playthrough no i i basically played through second i mean first playthrough. the the first playthrough i was was cigarettes as soon as my guy saw cigarettes uh um side quest showed up in his inventory begging him to go do those cigarettes 
But for my second playthrough, I I put all my points into like logic and reasoning and decided to play a completely straight-laced good cop who actually knew what was going on. I don't know. I guess we'll see as as day 2 continues and whatnot, mm. but yeah, yeah I, I'm going to try try to keep him sober for this run, but the first run I clicked on everything and accidentally got addicted to cigarettes. Uh for people who have played, um uh, my stats were 5 2 2 3. So okay, five. so five is is like encyclopedia knowledge, um, and two is people knowledge. Yeah, no, the yeah, logic yeah. and everything, the encyclopedia. Yeah, there's encyclopedia and logic, and then there's like like book knowledge, and yeah. then people knowledge, and then how strong your body is, and then how fast your body is. Mm. It's an interesting system. Yeah, how how they like separate those two branches of knowledge off of one another. Like they don't even call it charisma. It's like psyche or something it's it's social knowledge how much how much you know about people versus the world um in the first one there is drama so you can have a lie detector mm -hmm. and and lie good yourself and i know we've been talking about disco for a while but like it's it's good you gotta you gotta understand people who haven't played whatever you point points into you get these characters in your head that speak you talk to your own skills. You talk to your own skills. It, that's how it is. And it it's he's aware that this happens. He, yeah. They mention it like once or twice maybe. But like I have a lot into drama so I can tell who's lying to me. And I can also lie if I want to. Um, it's really interesting. And he'll, the drama would be acting like some old high school teacher like, oh, he is not lying, sire. You know, <laughs> like, it's so, oh, my God. All it's... of them having their own language and stuff, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's like, still... I've never seen something so deserving of awards in my life. I was like, they put time into this, and this is significantly different from stuff that we have now. There's no other game like Disco last year. There was no other game like Disco. It doesn't feel like a cheap ploy to say your character's crazy either. Like, like it doesn't come off as him having schizophrenia. It's more like the internal dialogue of his own consciousness is what you read, and then you pick what he says with his mouth. Like, yeah. in terms of describing what thinking is like, it's surprisingly good yeah, at it's that. Yeah. yeah, like, that's, so that's kind of how it works. I've talking, talking to myself <laughs> a lot, so it, I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> And and you can't you can't totally control what thinking you do, but also no. you kind of can too. Yeah. Like it's 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 a good representation of those layers inside 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 your mind. And and those voices can be wrong about the situation. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Even if you have high skills, can they still be wrong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so I got to keep an eye out then. Yeah. So. You know, go with your gut. Like, sometimes. I'm not saying, like, it depends. Like, uh, I would say logic is more right than wrong. <laughs> but, the, like, the what would skills... happen is that you will get different. Like, they will all talk to each other. Like, all your skills will talk to each other. Like, no, do this. No, do that. <laughs> and then you have to the... pick. And you get these dialogue options because you get options based on your skills a lot. You know, you have, like, your basic ones, your basic answers, and then you have, like, whatever your skills have given you. Like, oh, he's lying about this. You should mention this, and then it will pop up. 
and then some another skill be like no blah 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 he's he's definitely talking about this you know and then that would pop up yeah so it's it's such a it's such a good way to play because you you choose the way you want to play and i think a second playthrough is would be very interesting once you understand what's going on you know the first playthrough i um tried to talk my way through measure head and never was able to actually internalize his racist theories and get past him for the second playthrough i don't remember what trick i pulled but it involved wearing a wife beater which made my guy want to beat things up and i ended up managing to beat up measure head did you do and a spin I, kick i did a spin kick Every, spin the crowd answer. loved it the crowd went wild I did a spin. He's like, you're the the girls were like, you're the new measure head now. I'm like, no. <laughs> He's just like, no. Kim is, Kim is I got like, work no, to do. No one's a new measure head. <laughs> Kim is like, God, I love Kim. Oh, oh my yeah. And, God, and the dialogue him. choice that I picked after beating him up was, welcome to Ravichal. <laughs> God. That, oh, my God. That game understands humor so well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, Disco, one of my favorite games of last year. I'm so glad I pushed myself to to play it. I'm so happy. So, um, also speaking of favorite games from last year, um, what I spent the holiday break playing through for the, the two weeks where we were planning out the, the Decade episode and the Awards show episode was Outer Wilds, which we did get to talk about during the Awards show, but not to the greatest extent that i feel maybe it should be and you played it months ago yeah like and almost and a year ago <laughs> bring and yourself remember to, a lot was of it, it really almost a year what i played when it first came out dude i was in a different place in life when i played that game bro. in may 29th 2019 dude it's it's january it's january March, we're about April, to overlap we're Before three you know it, months may is gonna be away here, that's and we're gonna that's... be like oh god What's happening? You, do you follow that Twitter uh, life, um, not life percent, year, year percent meter. thing? Because I do. I, I don't follow it, but I inadvertently do because everyone I follow does follow it. Yeah. If it keeps you not on track, it just kind of depresses you. <laughs> like, oh, 10% of the year is already gone. What the hell is happening? Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you played Outer Wilds back in May. Yeah. I still remember a lot of it because I... I enjoyed it. Good, 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 good. Cause, cause I mean, man, I don't know. I might have had like a religious experience playing that game. Wow. You know, it takes it takes me months, guys, months to get these fools to play good games. Months. I come on this podcast, I rave about it, and they're like, <sighs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Eventually, they play it. They're like, oh my god. They're like touching well, themselves. I... <laughs> yeah. No, I totally. Touch yeah, myself I know, to right? But I mean, we're not. I got oh to God, it eventually because oh. <laughs> it's an Epic Game Store exclusive. I had to install extra software and make a new password. Oh, that's and, what it was. Yeah, I remember. And then there was the the Black Friday sale where they were giving out those coupons, and I was able to pick it up for fifteen bucks. Nice. That's a really and, good deal. That's a movie. Yeah. Yeah, for fifteen bucks, I I am happy to to shill out for the Epic Game Store. Yeah, <laughs> at a price point that low, Outer Wilds, the Epic Game Store version of Outer Wilds is absolutely worth fifteen dollars. And Liam was going through kind of what I was 
kind of like my only complaint about Outer Wilds is like it depends on I guess the way you solve puzzles, but it takes a bit sometimes. Sometimes you get stuck. Yeah. There was like two times. Yeah, like two times where I got like really stuck, where I felt like, okay, what do I do here? And I had to like really stop and like think and look at the notes and just like mess around a bit. I talked with a friend during a car ride who gave me a vague hint, and I feel like that's the way to do it. Because that got me thinking about coming back home and getting real exciting and trying out the solution he gave me a hint for. Towards the end of the game, I got stuck again, and I looked it up online, and I had to, like, close my eyes and block out the spoilers and the rest of the walkthrough so I yeah. could get my one vague hint. Yeah. There should be just a guide of vague hints, hints. for that game. I, w- vague, I wish. The vaguest. Like, you can enable it inside of your 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 game. So you don't have to go online mm-hmm. for it, because I don't like spoilers, so I try to avoid anything online yeah the, i don't even the, look the, up the game so like the some, sometimes i have to do, but like i don't even look at the game sometimes for these types of, they yeah. do try to hint you in the right direction s- yeah but it's 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 less obvious than what my friend was telling me <laughs> yeah yeah way less obvious sometimes so yeah, yeah. but besides a better hint system though i and besides i guess a little bit more technical polish because sometimes you'll see the lighting and physics engines glitch out, but the lighting and physics engines are so complicated that I'm willing to accept so, some occasional glitches of weirdness. Because I don't know. Remember when you played Half Life Two in two thousand four, and it was blowing your mind that objects roll and tumble about with with equal force that they're that they're being acted upon by other forces. And you're like, wow, a physics simulation. Yeah, physics. I have not felt as excited about physics simulations in video games up until Outer Wilds since then. Like, this is this is way more impressive than Half-Life 2. This is not simulating uh, uh, Newtonian formulas. This is simulating the clockwork of an entire solar system. I, I want to know something. All right, so I guess, like some spoilers here on the planets uh okay here guys i'll I'll jot jot some down so i want to say there's like six minutes of mechanical spoilers ahead which are important since outer wilds is a puzzle game no story spoilers though and if you haven't played through it you're probably good to listen to it if you're just going through it right now you might want to skip so when you're going to these new planets right how did you feel let's say let's pick one the one where you have to go through uh, an atmosphere right, right. to get through and there's like a big water world. That was my first stop. That was your first stop? You crazy uh-huh. man. Oh, well, my God. Someone... How did, like, how did that? <laughs> that must have wrapped you up real quick. Though. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, it's good, though, that it's Gabbro who's aware of the time loop that you're in. So I, I found someone on your home planet who says... Our friend Gabro went to explore Giants Deep and saw some cool tentacle monsters in a giant water planet. And so I was like, oh, I got to go there. It's Cthulhu. So I go there and I find Gabro and talk to him. And all of a sudden, the island that we're on shoots up into outer space (laughs) in the middle of our conversation. (laughs) And so I come crashing back down and die because I guess the fall was I was slightly in the air and took fall damage when both me and the island hit back onto the water of the planet again and then wake up and go back to Gabbro and he says, did we just die? 
And and that conversation was perfect for the timing that my first death in the game hit because it was in a conversation with the one character who's aware that you get to keep playing after you die. And then the island got launched into space again, except this time I knew, so I decided to stay on the ground, but I got died because I got smushed by the island on its way back down. Oh. <laughs> like, that game is so full of great stories and hilarious deaths and just wow, crazy moments that, that come at you at a pace that is incredible. And the whole while I'm thinking in the back of my head, wait a second. I and everything else in this world is a physics object in a physics simulation that's hurtling us through space around the sun. For people who want to know what he's talking about, uh, there's these tornadoes on this um, in this world. And when it gets to an island, it picks it up out of the water and throws it into space. Yeah. And then it slowly islands. gets dragged back down by, I guess, some type of pull. Ugh. Oh, and you mean gravity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Some you're way in pull. space, though. Like, that's cr that's a crazy pull. From, well, like, everything in space is ever so slightly pulled towards some gravity out there. I, that's that's the really force that, that binds the away. universe together. Yeah, yeah, and that's what what the game like clicked in my mind was if you and I floated around in, in deep enough space and just like hugged each other, we'd get pulled into each other's gravity pull. Oh, like there's there's some moments. I don't know if you ever had to recharge your ship in outer space, but if you get out there, you'll start orbiting around your own ship if there's nothing else pulling you guys together. Mm -hmm. So mentally imaging all of the matter in the universe, just like wanting to get pulled towards gravity and form perfect spheres around it suddenly like recontextualized how I as my own body of mass should feel about walking on top of a 3d sphere that's the other thing that i think blew my mind about this game was all the surfaces you walk on top of are 3d spheres instead of a 2d grid you know that you'll get to the other side if you keep walking in one direction you know that like a straight line might not be the shortest distance between two points that is just wild for me to think about what the level editor of this game looks like because the way it usually works is you click and drag out a perfect square and that um correlates with the floor or a wall on top of a grid but here it's almost like there should be a slight curve to everything in order to make it look straight when you're on the ground on the surfaces of these planets like i don't know how someone could be a flat earther after playing this game like you have to have a hands-on grasp of the physics at play here all the developers are flat earthers there's no freaking way this is one of those magical games that is like an educational experience yeah uh, all right so when you f when you got to the giant steep it didn't scare you <laughs> oh yeah no it scared me i i thought there would be something spooky under 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 the planet and the core i didn't want to play like i almost, <laughs> I almost didn't want to go in i was like yeah, i'll do mm. another planet I went mm. in and like I got straight into um like a tornado and I got whirled out. I was like, oh my god, this is freaky. This is freaky. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I landed on the moon, where you have to take a picture of it and then try to land on it. Oh my god! Oh yeah, dude. the quantum moon. Yeah, because you you got so you got so like comfortable with going through it. You're like, what? What the hell? And you learn that you could take a picture. And when you try to land, when you land on, when I went through, I just went straight into it, boom, and almost broke, broke 
my ship. <laughs> I think the scariest moment for me was when I was very, very far away from the supernova in in like deep subspace pockets and dark bramble, but so far away enough that I couldn't really see or hear what was going on, but suddenly the lights just went out. And like once the sun is gone and there's no light to go around in that universe, and it was like just the lights on the ship and a completely pitch black screen, I got really freaked out because because like like that's the prediction, man. That's yeah. supposed to happen in three, four, whatever billion years. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like like I said last time, you guys need to watch. <laughs> What's the time lapse of the universe, man? So, you know how time is supposed to get, it's supposed to feel like it's going faster when you're closer to a black hole mm -hmm. because the gravity is is pulling harder? Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if in the game, when you're closer to a black hole, the rest of the universe is like clockwork either speeds up or slows down accordingly. I wonder if they actually simulate time dilation in the game, depending on how close or far you are from, from black holes or, or stars. Mm. Like, I, I didn't measure it myself, but that seems like the kind of little itty-bitty detail that they would actually bother to include in this incredibly ambitious and impressive physics simulation of an entire solar system. That black hole. But yeah, like, like after playing the game, I feel like I get it. I, I understand yeah. why... Why your clocks would tick slower because gravity is is pulling all of the equipment that you can use to measure time harder. Like, like the only reason we know time exists, well, not the only reason, but the first reason we knew time exists is because we were able to watch things fly through the sky because of gravity. And then we made hourglasses and water clocks, so gravity was pulling things towards the core of our planet and that's how we measure time the only way we know time exists is because gravity exists so the two concepts are it's it's easier for me to think about the two concepts being measurable along the same axis than before it's it's fucking wild that those outers are truly wild i wonder if uh this could be like used in schools if they could yeah like re I, I was thinking the same thing like a educational thing like you're i would have loved to have this gr game when i was going through yeah. like high school physics classes yeah. like it would have been such a fun way to play with these these wild concepts that are usually just math but having a hands-on interactive demo of those wild concepts changes everything that's that's going on in the, my brain in terms of how i i visualize and imagine that stuff another game i absolutely absolutely love no like no other game has given me such incredible feels as that game just i was i was scared to jump through a black hole like and then i would fall on off side. in that on that uh i forget what, the wild seed or what, what was it called something brittle hollow yes brittle hollow is the one yes, with the black it was hole. breaking apart and sometimes you would accidentally fall because a lot of the level would be breaking down during the day and I was like, oh, no, I'm falling. And I would turn my camera up so I wouldn't see. Or <laughs> I'll just reset it. I was just like, no, I can't. I can't do this. I can't. Really? Yeah, I can't. Did you ever see what's on the other side of the black yeah. hole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The white station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a nifty, fun guide that's like, this, it's not your first time falling through. Don't worry. We 
We knew you'd you'd end up doing this over and over and over again. Yeah, this is after I gotten I've went everywhere, everywhere I could go. It's so weird when I fell through for the first time. I was like, "What happened? What the hell happened?" Because your screams is the way it warps. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine you... being in space and going through this hell. I, okay, I don't know that's... if my mind can like get through it. I want it before I die, but like. And it's probably not going to happen in my lifetime, but that—that's what's so important about the photo of the black hole is that we know light kind of wraps around it, yeah. And that w if you're looking at a black hole, you will be able to see the stuff behind the black hole, even when you're in front of it. Can you imagine finally, like someone going through it after playing the game? I now can. I was not able to before, but. After well, playing the game, I now in real life. I, I guess theories. your your body would get crushed, but on the way in, you'd see some crazy light show oh effects. Oh my god! Can you remember? You remember Interstellar? That's right. You yeah, I see it on the document. Yep, yep. I yeah, I watched Interstellar as soon as I finished it. Yeah, the way they made the light curve around it. Oh my god! Oh so my god. so that movie. Also, I, I mean, I'm I'm guessing that any any human going through or probe going through would get crushed. But after the game, I can I can picture what the grid of space time itself might look like on the other side, and how how you'd basically or I don't I don't know. I'm I'm guessing you'd have to introduce some new rule in order to make energy and mass be conservable at, at, in such a tiny point in space. But in that movie, spoiler alerts for the crazy ass ending of Interstellar is you you've seen the ending of Interstellar. Yeah, right? I still remember the books. Yeah, we're totally gonna spoil the Interstellar ending for two minutes. Skip ahead by like two minutes if you don't wanna. I like that they used little dangly strings to represent what moving around and having an accidental pull on the gravity of someone else's experience earlier in the timeline might look like. That reminds me of Super Hot VR. What? Whoa. Okay. Because in Super Hot VR, time moves when you move. Yeah. Right? And we are three-dimensional creatures who live in a fourth-dimensional world but have no real control over the fourth dimension, which is time. We move on, on the X and the Y axis in, in three different dimensions through time, but we can't go backwards or forwards through time. But the theory at the end of Interstellar was that eventually humans are going to be able to figure out how to manipulate time and thus become fourth dimensional beings, which might feel like playing super hot VR, a game where time moves when you move. Wow. Eh? Eh? Wow. Eh? Am I onto something here or am I just crazy? Uh, both. <laughs> A little bit of both. It's always good to have a healthy dose. Just a little yeah, bit crazy yeah. to even you out, you know? At the end of Interstellar, time moves when 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 Cooper Murphy moves, if that was his name. And uh, <laughs> uh, in Super Hot VR, time moves into the future when you move. The only real difference that I guess you got to wrap your head around with his situation is that time moved into the past when he moved his body. So if you like close your eyes and picture playing super hot in reverse and having some muscle that you can stretch that might switch it back to playing super hot in regular speed, mm -hmm. that might be what it's like to think four dimensionally. Wow. Well, we're getting deep well, in this podcast, man. 
Yeah, yeah. Imagine if time moves when you move, and you also have like telekinetic powers of of manipulating gravity with your hands and stuff. You'd basically be a god. It would be great. Oh, it reminds me of the Watchmen. The oh freaking hell which is another thing you watched that the rest of us didn't isn't it yeah who watches the watchman matt watches the watchman watch i've good heard stuff, good man. things you it's watch all good... the good stuff you play all the good games <laughs> and then you guys catch up eventually <laughs> well, well doesn't watchman get like scary with with racists like like disco does um oh yeah oh yeah yeah i told you like it, it's it's there racism is there yeah, um, it works though. It really works. I can't. I I'm pretty sure that's how the original comic was, but um, like I would say, I would have to look that up. I would have to look that up. But yeah, it's it deals with that a lot. Um, and it's good. It's it's a really good 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 show. Like I feel like they talk about they address racism, but it's not in a way of like. Like, if you ever watch Black Lightning, where it's just like, oh, the cops are evil. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. It's none of that, like, immature stuff. This is like a more mature way of having, it's more of the world um, that you're looking at, the world building, than it being like, oh, there's people that are racist. Well, we all know that. We we all know that. People. But it's like, uh, kind of like the background of uh, Watchmen. And it's good. It's real good. Um the the big Twitter thread I saw was the 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 scenes of the Tulsa massacre, which I'm actually really really interested in maybe like surveying how people found out about that because I did not know until I want to say sophomore year in college, like like they just straight up hid that from from public education courses. Oh really? Yeah, in in like northern suburban oh, Atlanta suburbs. Shoot. I actually did not know that. Huh. Wow. I, I mean, did I, you hear about it from, from Watchmen or from yeah, anything else? From Watchmen. I, I, I thought it was made up. I didn't know no. a lot of these events were real. That's crazy. No. Yeah, yeah. 36 people died, and they were, like, bombing the black neighborhoods, and it was just racists with planes doing it. Oof. Oof. I'm glad we're we're not there anymore yeah you know i wouldn't mind <laughs> i don't know being born like maybe 10 years earlier on the other hand i've i've heard if you're not like a boring white guy you're probably gonna want to be born now no matter what time it is yeah 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 <laughs> for sure i mean the world is changing i don't i don't know for the better but um at least people are more aware about things yeah. that is the silver lining people yeah. now know about the the tulsa race massacre uh, the black wall street massacre i like i like that one oof jeez man i'm serious so now i have to look up to see if it was in original comics because i think it was but i have to look That's it up surprising to me because i don't remember that i read the graphic novel when i was a kid i watched a little bit of the first movie but it was so long ago when i was such a dumb kid that i wouldn't be surprised if this stuff just sailed over my head when i was reading it yeah I, but i do not remember it yeah because i don't remember it in the movie either i don't remember them dealing with any of that so I, I remember the narrative being all about the commercialization of superheroes right metafiction so maybe maybe the watchman is like something that is adapted to whatever is going on hell yeah 
That's probably could that that probably could it. be it. But again, like it's been a while since I even touched that that novel. So, <laughs> man, I was young. Yeah, when you're young, you just kind of take what you take. <laughs> you don't really think on a very incredibly deep level that will last years in your mind. That you're like, oh yeah, that's right. The 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 book of of 1989 was talking about blah blah blah. blah. The the Cold War apocalyptic anxiety was high in the book. I remember everyone thought that that America and the Soviet Union were going to nuke each other. Nowadays, maybe they adopt it to the global warming, the mm. climate catastrophe, apocalyptia. Yeah, so maybe maybe the racist stuff was just for that. Mm-hmm. Because I do remember the book having a. a, a tension of, of apocalyptic stakes going on there was a doomsday clock and i guess you can't really do like a whole white cast anymore you know <laughs> it, it, you know i'm I just wondering if, if yeah, like I nowadays all white cast you know i I didn't, I didn't care man i had my will smith i had my martin lawrence <laughs> maybe not martin lawrence but i have my will smith and and the rock and all that yeah, that's that's what I, I kind of I kind of feel bad for the kids who grew up in the early to mid to late 2000s, like basically before all all the hyper woke SJW stuff began, yeah. but also after the the token diversity of the 90s, like that kind of ended for a while, I feel. And I feel like we're seeing the repercussions of that with those kids who are growing up nowadays. But what the hell am I trying to talk about anymore? I don't know. <laughs> We gotta we gotta lighten it up. We gotta lighten it up with some what's what's this anime wild hearts you got going on on this on this doc here, man. I just I just want to say, as a kid growing up, I always did like that. So Raven better than Boy Meets World. It's crazy. That's that. So Raven is crazy. But it's like, you know. It's Wait, what's wrong with that? So Raven? Are we not allowed to watch that? So Raven anymore? No, no, no. The person did she plays, get in Twitter trouble? The person who plays. She's a little wacky. Anyways, uh, yeah, you're just noticing Sayonara Wild Hearts on the docket. I played Sayonara Wild Hearts. Uh, that was a big 2019 game that I wanted to catch up on for the podcast. Because cause I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss any Game of the Year candidates, right? And Sayonara okay. Wild Hearts is great, but I don't know if it's a Game of the Year candidate. It's like a hour and a half long set of... Hour and a half, probably not even that. Hour, 45 minutes to an hour long set of rhythm music game levels that you're gonna tap your controller to to the button prompts that show up on the screen and they're very effective they have a coherent theme of of heartbreak and and, and getting over it and pulling yourself back together it's like a breakup album that you play and there's some cool set pieces that you, the levels walk you through. Every one of them kind of tributes some other cool music game concept. There's a level that looks like Groove Coaster. There's a level that looks like Res. There's a level that looks like uh, Frequency or Amplitude. And you get good goosebumps when the music swells and crazy robots flash on screen and explode to the rhythm of the beat. And uh, then you unlock a mode that, that has you play through it all in, in one go with no breaks between the levels, like you're listening to an album. And then you, I kind of never really thought about it again. I... This kind of demonstrates why I might have such a hard time getting into rhythm games, because I'll feel good when I'm tapping out the beat. Yeah. And I don't know... But I do not feel like I'm creatively expressing myself. They are a very, very limited experience almost always. And I'm wondering how rhythm games could 
be a little bit more open-ended and freeform because it's like if you don't do the dance perfectly on rhythm your your pacing just grinds to a halt and you lose and gotta restart and that's something that i feel has always blocked me from enjoying rhythm games as much as fans that really like rhythm games really really do i want to get into that level but i just feel like there's no room for experimentation or fuck-ups or expression in a lot of them yeah and even even when they're like really well done and really high quality like sayonara wild hearts there's still a, a hit that replay value takes because of uh, how how linear they always are. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's a cool game and it's worth checking out if you like rhythm games and technologically impressive feats of video game engineering. However, I don't. It, it doesn't feel like a must play like uh, like Outer Wilds and Disco do. Mm. Okay. More more of a it niche does, project probably. The does look pretty interesting it looks like something i can get like a friend into that doesn't play games you know be like cool yeah. to look at yeah yeah a good yeah. beginner game you ever play the bit trip runner series yeah what is this? that's old isn't it and it's also yes yes it is old but it's also like a side scroll and tap the buttons to the rhythm of the dance game i want to say cyanide or wild hearts feels like a real way better version of that Mm. like it's ultimately a simple tap the buttons to the the rhythm flying at you kind of rhythm game but the difficulty spike to the bit trip games was just so high i was never really able to fully get into them sayonara wild hearts on the other hand i don't want to call it easy but definitely more forgiving than than hardcore high difficulty music rhythm games can be and the control scheme is simple so it's good for that tap your fingers to the beat feel some goosebumps um um enjoy the implications behind abstract visuals and lyrics that that meet a coherent theme and then decide whether or not you want to play it again because your parents may or may not have introduced you to music too late in life (laughs) all right anyways too late way too late well i think that's what happened i think that's what happened my parents never like left the music on running when i was a kid and now i'm i'm a goddamn grown-ass adult and i don't know if I have a good taste of music. Yeah, I mean, you don't listen to a lot, so I would say you are correct. I, I just think I don't get as much out of it as other people because I I don't have the warm, fuzzy association of knowing that this reliable thing has been with me my whole life because I didn't really seriously start listening to music until I was a teenager or an adult, and even then I... maybe it was... Maybe it's just you because I feel like music should be able to attach to somebody even at a, an older age like i can't live without music for me like my playlist like, is constantly yeah going and yeah growing. my my apartment is silent most of the time i'll put music on <laughs> i'll put music on when i'm cleaning or writing but if i'm like making breakfast or waking up or just going through my day I'd rather have silence. Like, like so, like super quiet, huh? Like you, just, you just hear the cockroaches inside the kitchen, type quiet. Hear the police sirens outside. More. Like... <laughs> Don't remind me that I have to clean my kitchen. I'm gonna take like eight hours probably to do it, and it might go faster if I put some music on. But I, 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 I think, I think it's nurture. I think it's how I was raised. Mm. <laughs> okay because like like did did your parents leave like music did they try to get you into music no when you were a kid? no um how did it happen 
um, me after uh, they well so of course I grew up like Christian right so like my mom um, would I, well okay alright my stepdad did play old music Al Green The Temptations you know <laughs> So yeah, and I I do grew up with that and I still love them to this day, um. But um, mostly just a bunch of Christian music in the beginning. I learned how to play the drums because I enjoyed music in general. But um, I did listen to a lot of the radio back in the day. Back in the um, I was gonna say nineties, not nineties. So early two thousands. Early it's early two thousands. Yeah. You know, that wow. music, what, what was popping in Miami back then, you know, all the ludicrous, uh, the flow riders, the the, the um, same top fat, 40 songs that they play Joe. over and over again all day. Listen, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. T-Pain, Rick Ross, man, like all those like just like, I mean, nowadays you play them, you're like, ooh, what were they talking about? But back in the day, you weren't thinking about any of that. And. The beat was good. Uh, yeah, I have a high school playlist that I pop on. I popped on the oh. other day, and I was like, Ooh. "Oh, there, this is a little spicy. These are a little spicy. <laughs> it's a little spicy." And I don't really care for too too much spice nowadays. You know, I just want some good music. You know, I yeah. think what happened. Yeah, because I I remember my parents. We we would go to church and do music and I found it boring as hell and my mom would listen to classical radio and I found it boring as hell but when I was in middle school and I, I developed I guess a music center in my brain all on my own I did get in to Limp Biscuit. yeah that's... for like a, a year and ever since then I've never been able to really like get into any one particular band or act. And I wonder if it's because I'm worried that it's going to be another Limp Bizkit. So I is, think that's why Limp Bizkit did it. Limp Bizkit killed my taste in music. He limped it, made it, made it limped. God, I remember those years were so awkward. I actually like, a year when I was in seventh to eighth grade, I would watch MTV. I would buy albums, and and I bought some some Gorillas and Alicia Keys and Limp Biscuit. And Gorillas and Alicia Keys are fine, but for some reason, the edgy dumbass thirteen year old gamer kid I was latched onto Limp Biscuit instead of those two. And now I just don't want to risk that again. I don't want to have my heart broken. Dude, there's so much music out there, dude. <laughs> now I just listen to video game music. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, please. Please, listeners of the podcast, get this boy listening to some good stuff. Rock, rap. Like remember anything. when you guys like like sent me links to those those Juju Beats albums? Like I put them on. I I cleaned the house a bit to them and then I just never really thought about it again. I do you not feel emotions, George? Okay. Okay, I did have the toss a coin to your Witcher song stuck in my head for a couple days. That did happen. That's to still me. video game music. Yeah, Literally, but that still means that like I'm video capable. Game Geralt. Like, ah, uh, he's acting like video game girl. Like, he probably played the <laughs> games because, you know, I don't like Henry at all. I don't like Superman at all, at all. All right, and I I think he's way too cocky. But when he played the Witcher and I heard him talk about, it, I was like, okay. 
You're winning me over. He did his grunts. He actually did a good job in The Witcher. Even though I feel like the series, there's some like really bad moments, I would say, during the end. Yeah, did you feel that? Yeah, like, it was I just actually, like really like, bad writing at the end. Like the last I, three or four episodes, you're like, what the f- what? This doesn't I, even I, make I, any I went, sense. And everyone's like, oh, The Witcher is so good. <laughs> like what? I, I went through through episode four and there's a friend of mine who wants to go through it with me. But I kind of don't want to come back until they do episode four on their own because I don't want to rewatch episode four. Oh, God damn it. I feel like I have to use the bathroom again. <laughs> What's been going on, George? <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of water and it's time to like change topics or do a break or something anyway. Yeah, I'll, right, I'll jot that down and be back in like two minutes. <laughs> to the break. The Joker has come to Metropolis to rub out Superman. Feel free to fire anytime. Of course, Luther is in on the action. And Batman is the only man who can stop them. What kind of deal have you made with him? Tsunami presents two of the greatest superheroes of all time. Together, Batman, Superman, in World's Finest. Friday, November 17th at 5. I'll be careful. Careful won't cut it. Only Tsunami. Hello! Whoa. And welcome back Jeez to Dad Louise, and Sons man. Podcast. God almighty, that like, I felt that on my face. <laughs> you felt it on your face. You have speakers so, on. So, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, we, uh, we, we don't have Liam. We don't. And we, we just have you and me, Matt. All right. So we could talk about China now. This is the part of the podcast where we usually talk about news, right? Yeah, yeah. And the last time I just had you, there was silly stuff happening that week. Yeah. Like, uh, our, our news topics involved Square Enix covering up the pubes, pubes. on Final Fantasy's Eight Siren. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately don't think that, despite how long it's been since we've done a, done a proper news section, I don't think anything quite that offbeat is is here for us on this just Matt and George episode. So we have to stretch some drier topics than usual to get you talking about them. So <laughs> I, 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 however, I do think I did find the stupidest news topic over the holiday break that, that yeah, we, we can start us off now. With. Yeah. Uh, IGN is officially changing their review scale system from a 100 point scale to a 10 point scale. Which means no more decimals. Is that is that what I'm seeing here? Wait, wait, hold nice on. It might numbers, be the like other way 10. around. I'm okay. That means there'll be no more seven point ones or eight point nines, not even six point fives. Just round numbers from one to ten. So they're not. It's not. It, uh, I was a little bit more cynical on this when I first saw this because I was just like, oh, they're just dropping the decimal point. But actually, they're dropping like two number long reviews scores altogether. It's just one number unless it's or two decimals. It's just one flat number now. What one to ten. Yeah. I mean I mean I, I think we, we you know my thing on this. I, I don't like giving numbers or anything because people's enjoyments yeah. are gonna change. Now that it's like you everyone should adopt that it's just like eh, i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't get it like just do whatever the hell you want like if well, why why is this news why is this why did they decide to do this um i'm guessing because 
you raise a valid point, which is why do this? Why care? Yeah. But the system in place is one where oftentimes Metacritic scores are the determinator of of how mm. a lot of games that don't have big marketing budgets sell well or not. Like whether or not you like it, if you don't give a review score you're not contributing to that small little bit of the game's initial hype push. Mm -hmm. Even though you're going to be probably writing a better review with a more helpful way of interfacing to the reader. But in terms of the content of the review itself, like I really don't know if the score matters. Like the score almost says more about the review than the game. Like an 8.5 is a safe score, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a safe game. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it means that it's like kind of a, a niche game that might not be super high enough polished to to get the nine, but might be so insanely well suited to someone's particular taste that they'll like it better than a nine. Yeah. So one thing one thing I've noticed, and I'm wondering if you've noticed this too, is that the games that I tend to like these days hover around the upper eights and lower nines on Metacritic like usual, but the games that go above 94 on Metacritic for the past like seven years have been games that I actively despise. Like they're not games yeah. that I don't think should be like, like niche games or, or special interest games. Like they're games that I think are ruining the medium almost. Let's see. Let's see here. For examples, I'm going to be picking Bioshock Infinite, right. The Last of Us, and Grand Theft Auto V. I'm, I'm going to bring bring the top 100 list up. And, and, and just noticed when I was doing this video, like some very strange choices in terms of how well people remember these games years upon years later started popping up in, in the later years. And they're the ones that like they're games that I find it hard to ignore that they exist and got these scores like they're. They're games that, that I can't not think about because other games are going to follow those trends and and, and saturate the, the cream of the crop into some very, very generic exercises. So, okay, Grand Theft Auto V, released in 2004 with Metacritic in 97. Um, yeah. Breath of the Wild, there we go, a Metacritic in 97. Um, that's one that I didn't like at all but everyone else you, you didn't like it at all death. well breath of the wild i i had i have i have said my piece <laughs> about you how hated it george you hated breath of the wild <laughs> send me, send me that link that you're looking up all the stuff because Metacritic, yeah. their website is complete garbage i have said my piece yeah i don't know like i've tried to give breath of the wild another go and still couldn't there we go. Really get my 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 pink tickled on that. Oh yeah, the Batman Arkham games score very, very highly on this stuff. Well, in 2011 we had Batman Arkham City get a 96. I, I gave it a shot and couldn't get into it because like sandbox city checklist. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I remember I, enjoying I mean... the first one the most. After that one, it kind of steadily dropped off like rocksteady i remember was the original developer and they did like a good job with the first one and i think mm. the second one was pretty decent but the third one was such a change from what they did and also i can't comment on red dead redemption 2 which scored very highly but it did weird me out that red dead redemption 1 scored as highly as it is 
Metal Gear I, Solid 2 got a 96. And yeah, MGS 2 and 4 both scored very, very highly. And I find that strange nowadays, too. Maybe you should have it on like uh, the last decade so you can kind of see because there's a lot of like old games on here. Like, because, you know, like Mass Effect 2, I can see why that got like a 94. Ocarina of Time, that, that game is. But no one will ever give that a bad score. Um, what was it about Bioshock Infinite that so impressed everyone back in 2003 or 2013? Honest. Yeah, I keep doing that. I have that, no right? idea why. Um, I remember enjoying it. I don't. I don't think about it at all, but I remember enjoying it. Like I think about Mass Effect and stuff like that. Those games that came out around that same time more than I think about like Bioshock Infinite. I do think about Bios, uh, Bioshock Two, the multiplayer, and Bioshock One, the story. I remember playing that for the first time and how like different it was. But Infinite, yeah, don't even. Maybe because they were doing like some a serious topic. I don't know. Because uh, there there's racism and stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. They're they're like woke. So they bring in racism. But in terms of how it these games that will impress critics by tackling taboo topics with production values and and quote unquote maturity is that they will typically do it in a way that has really, really boring gameplay attached to it. Mm -hmm. Like Spec Ops The Line, I think, is 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 an incredible example if you try to compare the, the differences in what's going on in a player's head in terms of whether or not they think what they're doing is good versus them playing through Metal Gear Solid 3, where you actually get a choice whether or not you want to kill the soldiers versus Spec Ops The Line, where you're going to kill the soldiers and the game's going to tell you you should feel bad. In Metal Gear, if you kill the soldiers, the game's going to tell you you should feel bad, and you might actually feel bad because it gave you a choice not to. Ah. <laughs> uh. Like, The Last of Us is a story about exploring the morality of ethics in a post-apocalyptic world, but the gameplay is about sneaking behind bad guys and stabbing them in the neck to get to the next room because you usually can't unless you solve that problem of those obstacles somehow. See, see we're a bunch of dads that like the older games and how they were made instead of like it being so money-driven nowadays. Like, I, I was talking to the bartender, which I think is the owner of the... There's this club called Mansion here in, in oh. Southern California. And how, it's how turned into, like, a you. game place when they're not doing a... It's not a club. So, mm -hmm. in the in the corner of the club, there's these two big projectors. You got Smash Brothers on one. Um, and you have, like, Street Fighter on another. You know, and then they have, like, little little arcades and then maybe, like, a little setup for for melee or whatever and um, i was talking to the bartender um and we we're just talking about like 360 he's like man the three because i we i had a pink controller and the pink controller kept disconnecting i went and got both batteries and whatever but we had a conversation it was like oh the 360 was like the best man and we started talking about all these older games and this young kid says Oh, PlayStation was the best, or whatever. And and, and he, the bartender turns to the young kid and says, "Shut up, you're young." <laughs> really, I there was console all war stuff happening that like the old stuff better. The 360 PS2 days, you know. I uh, I'm all about the PS2 days. I don't know if I'm about the 360 days though. 360 days were phenomenal, dude. 
not not Xbox original and not Xbox One, but 360 was huge, man. It well, was yeah, massive. and the numbers, but I feel like the uh, the games were good. The online play was good. No one played online. No one did any of that stuff on PlayStation at all. PS4 was the, f- and even PS4 like it's like it won by default because because Xbox sucked so much in Xbox One. I would say like they really messed up after 360. 360 really, they really made online gaming what it what I think it is now. Not not PC but console. I think my memories of that era are soured by the glut of of modern military shooters that we were getting from like 2008 to 11. Yeah, I, between, I was playing all of them. Yeah, between Modern Warfare One and Skyrim. A lot of games from those years, I remember kind of mushing into the 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 same Homefront clone. Yeah, remember Homefront one and two? Oh Basically, God, those, those days bad. I associate with kind of dark oh. times in gaming. Even though good games were still coming out, there was this this real cynical undercurrent of follow someone's butt and shoot. Uh, foreign bad guys yeah. to make you feel good about your country that that I don't want to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean we still had like Fallout and stuff like that were coming out uh Gears of well Gears of War is more of that shooting stuff. Um I almost feel like I consider Bioshock Infinite to be part of that wave. Like the gameplay is incredibly uninteresting. Follow people's backsides and shoot bad guys. It's it's a shooting gallery. Mm. And both before and after Modern Warfare 1 to Skyrim, games were a lot more. Anyways, point is, we should be talking about reviews, actually. Because that's technically the news topic, right? Holy crap, what what, what happened? We've... (laughs) For holy shit, 15 minutes almost. Anyways, yeah, I was originally a little more cynical about this and being like, they're just dropping the decibel. It's not going to change anything. But upon further inspection, seeing that they're dropping two decimal scores entirely and just keeping it to one number, I think I'd still rather do no scores in particular. But I actually think this might be a step in the right direction because then that eliminates that problem I was just talking about where the stuff that gets high nines, which nowadays would be tens, straight up, flat up tens on IGN, that would um, surely piss some people off as if Bioshock Infinite and Last of Us got tens instead of 9.5s. On the other hand, though, that means that I'm just going to really, really like eights and nines now forever for my IGN. I'm going to like their eights and nines. There's going to be no question about it. There's going to be no bickering over an 8.8 versus an 8.4. I always pay attention to the first number anyway. Mm-hmm. So this seems all right. Well, all right. I mean, there. I don't know how long this world is going to last of, of numerical <laughs> oh, review scores God, and, no. and an internet economy where everyone's going to download a free to play uh, live service, early access version of the game that, that, does not lend itself well to traditional review wing formats, but um, <laughs> I do kind of like the that. idea of The Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite having the same exact score as Undertale and Mass Effect 2, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, there's, there's, there's less evidence that they want the... 
the quote-unquote prestige games, the high production value linear shooting gallery that walks you through a story that's been done a million times before better in other media. That's what I don't like about the games that are um, getting 9.5s and above, but the games, if, if everything just gets a straight up 9 instead, then, then all of a sudden there's no 0.5 to worry about. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, yeah. IGN, it's changing things up. This is definitely going to make them better. Well, Eurogamer, Kotaku, Polygon, and <laughs> your boy Super Bunny Hop and Matt Visual all don't do scores anymore anyway. So yeah. they are still kind of looking like. <laughs> yeah, I still do reviews, of course. That's what I do. <laughs> the, the majority of reviews still still do scores, but there's like a, a trend among some big, big publishers out there to stop doing scores. And IGN's a big publisher. So they're kind of looking like like the odd one out now, even though they're changing their scoring system to be less. I wonder what would happen if fine. everyone would just stop, like if everyone collectively stop hmm now that because, is an interesting scenario because like some developers get paid based on some of the review scores right do they still do that yeah uh i don't well they're not supposed it would be unpopular if they did but there was evidence that way back in 2008 um bethesda was doing it in their contract with obsidian for fallout new vegas and that's how that story gained traction since that story got out in the wild i wouldn't be surprised if it's less popular but that's at least evidence that it was happening 10 years ago nowadays though if all of the reviewing websites decided to drop scores i don't think much in the world would actually change because sure? there would still be reviews there would still be recommending people or would have to dissing games people would actually have to read the review they just scroll to, to the bottom and see what the recommendation is. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the score, they just read the blurb at the bottom of the the Kotaku review because they always um put a little put a little block of text where they try to summarize it in yeah. in a glance, and it's it's you know more more symbols than just one number, but it's still something you can quickly scroll to and read. Plus, I think people more often than not make their purchasing decisions off word of mouth instead of the reviews anyway. So I don't even know if it would cause that big of a financial impact to the industry no I think. there's a huge group of people who are just they see a number and they're like oh okay this is good kind of like what they do with movies you know they don't really read anything they just like see a number and they go based on number you know i i would like to say that the majority of people make you know and i i kind they do of research do that. before spending sixty dollars but uh, I don't know if and, I have faith in the normal, you know, the normies. They go on I, these I, websites, they see a score, and then that's it. I actually kind of do that, though. Like, I, I, I'll start off by hearing word of mouth. Someone in my Discord will mention some cool new game that I haven't heard of. Yeah. And I'll be like, huh, okay. And I'll, I'll read about them, chat with them, ask them, what's Fire Puncher for? And then I'll go to Metacritic and see what the, the official reviews say and try to elaborately formulate the word of mouth plus the numbers to determine the to try and determine some universal quality of the product. But I think right. I think that's a lost cause because Outer Wilds got me thinking. Well, what did Outer Wilds get? 
Uh, Outer Wilds got eights. Outer Wilds is a game that I feel should score a lot higher than it is, but it got eights. It's, it's and too, if you asked it's, Liam, it's too much. That'd be work. perfectly fine. It, the game, it, the game is too much work. It's a great game, but some people don't want to go through that work. It's got an eighty-five on Metacritic. And you know, like, like for someone who has to make money off that stuff, that's a godsend, right? Yeah. Like Liam would immediately say, "Oh, 85, that's really good." Yeah. But since you and I have never had to like look at a Metacritic score and be like, "Oh God, are we going to be able to pay rent with this number?" Yeah. An 85 to us is going to look like like a good game, mm-hmm. but not not a money making, life saving, pay your rent with how great it is game. Yeah. And I I. I think that Outer Wilds also got me thinking about the idea of there being some sort of universal standard of quality that the money put into a game, the money a game makes, and the review score is, is and the word of mouth all elaborately quantifies up to. And that is, if a space alien who had no idea what a video game is landed on planet Earth and was asked to play Ocarina of Time, they probably wouldn't know what the hell it was. However, if they had to look at a beautiful painting of the night sky, they'd probably agree with us that it was pretty or something. Mm-hmm. So trying to imagine how an alien would interpret our media might be an interesting thought experiment for wondering whether or not those universal standards of quality exist at all. Like the alien, I, 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 I guess, would, would know how buttons on a controller with a, with a screen might work, but they wouldn't get the symbology of it. The, the like crisscross of, of Japanese and Western heroism and, and the thrill of what it means to ride a horse across an open field, right? The fantasy would not connect because they're an alien. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you, you feel me? You feel I, me here? I, I feel you deeply feel you deeply well i also feel deeply about the half-life series being free half-life all those games are free and that is the second news topic on the list this week (laughs) that i thought might get some good conversation out of matt and i i'm happy to see that the ign changing their review scale totally did but i don't know if there's as much to talk about here the half-life series is being given away for free go play it so some really, really good games that are at least 10 years old are free to play now. Yeah. Uh, episode two goes back to 2007. So it doesn't like ugh, it just feels like this is the kind of headline that I, I immediately looked at and was like, oh, wow, they're giving away a lot of expensive, valuable product. But then I remembered it's 2020. <laughs> yeah. And all of these games, the newest game on this list here is 13 years old Mm -hmm. so it doesn't seem like that no much of a loss to take no to to give away all the half-life games for free to promo their new half-life game yeah there's nothing wrong with it i think i think this is fine on them yeah i i think the only thing wrong with it is that there's just not as much that we have to talk about with regards to it uh half-life one through half-life episode two are all free go play them if you want if you haven't uh they're all good but kind of normal now um because they set the standards for what would be normal uh but yeah giving them away for free it's 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 a generous good deal but you know 
Is it really though? Because they're 13 years old. They're making banks selling out indexes at every single outlet they're being sold at. They're gonna, they're about to release a highly anticipated 17 year old sequel that they are surely gonna make really good money on anyway. So, you know, still a good deal. I just don't know if it's as like generous and heartwarming as, as the initial heart punch feel might have had me suspecting. That game might be like, the first VR game to really be universally like loved. And About if that's the case, freaking time. it's going to set another standard again. And uh, I would hope so. We're going to have some good games after that. Well, we all know now that that price point really is the hard barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So they trying to lessen the blow by making old ass games free. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, plug these old ass games into uh, Vorpex and VR mods. You got a few choices for Half-Life 2 nowadays. It's like, oh, I have to pay $1,000, uh, but at least I get these games for free. And and you can play through them in a way that might actually be worth checking them out after such a long period. Because Half-Life's not going to play like it did in 1998 if you have a VR mode going where someone in my Discord is actually doing this. You have to use your hands to climb up the ladders. Whoa. Eh? Eh? Is is that kind of cool? Or, or is that kind of cool? Yeah, Half, Half-Life 1 on, on like the Quake 1 engine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, you know how FPS ladders are, are very, very unwieldy. Well, imagine oh, how much more it. unwieldy they are if you really do have to climb with your hands. There's a selection of VR mods for Half-Life 2 that I don't think fully work perfectly in terms of disengaging the guns from the bottom of the screen and letting you wave them around and aim them and reload them. But uh, it's surely fun to tinker around and play with half-working VR old games that can get plugged into VR systems. So yeah, if you buy a VR set nowadays, you're you're in for a good time if you download these games and and dick around with them. Still waiting for the index to go on sale. Yeah, okay. Okay, sure. You, you, yeah, I that's mean my go hopes are, are my hopes are are less than they were last year. They're yeah. they're kind of going down, but like, it still seems smart to wait, right? You going to wait for a long ass time. I'm still rocking my old Gen 1 um, Oculus. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that for now. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I do want to buy half... another one, but... Maybe I should buy an Index used? No, don't get anyone sweaty grease on your forehead. All right? Well, don't... You just Someone's head has the... been all in that, and you're going to put your head in it? And if okay. I sterilize the surface, A it won't matter. Seconds, my brother. That's not how I, I, I'm I going to say it works right now. Sloppy seconds. Don't stick your head into something other people have sticked <laughs> I'm afraid that I have some bad news for you from the past four years. Oh, no. What did I do? What did, what did well, I you do remember the house that, that you've used multiple times and... The, the VR arcades in Japan have uh, you wearing everyone else's headset, and they give you a little white mask that goes around your eyes. 
I don't think like I played any of layer those, of though. paper. I don't think I played any of those though. Uh, when I was playing your VR headset, I mean, your sweat was all over that. No, I'm your sure. sweat was all over it. <laughs> uh, whenever sweat, I have, I don't, I don't sweat in those. It's whenever nice I have clean. friends over to play VR and we're we're like like passing it around and rotating through it, Ooh. you just give it a quick Ooh. wipe and everyone's okay with that Yummy. apparently. Yum. I don't know, Matt. I what's think a, what's this a might little, just be what's a little sweat between friends. Okay. Exactly. Ex- but or strangers or customers no, in a no, store. Now you're stretching the, the, the radius <laughs> out a little bit too far. You don't know what type of sweat is coming out of these people, man. You don't know what I'm they I'm sure eat. it's just salty water and shame. Oh, gross. So <laughs> get a speaking, use index. <laughs> speaking of of being salty and shameful, nine hundred dollars uh, for for a used index. Yeah, I guess at that point I might as well pay the one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of being salty and shameful. Mm-hmm. It uh, might be time for us to wrap up the the second ever Liam Free Dad and Sons. Was it the second? I think it's like the third, right? We've been we've might been be a the third. Time. Might be the third. Yeah. If anything, the first one was a long, long time ago. Yeah, and and yeah. is hazy in my memory now. But I so, I have yeah. vivid memories of debating the the sirens pubes from FF8. <laughs> the pubes, <laughs> lovely, lovely pubes. Don't censor. Feathery. Don't censor the pixels. Free the pixels. Downy. Guys. Quilted picker upper ultra have, down bounty. Downy. Have a have a good week, guys. Don't don't shave your pixels. Don't jump too high and accidentally leave the Earth's gravitational pull and float off into outer space. If you do, just nut in the opposite direction of where you want to go. What is that? <laughs>